When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Drop pass, Drysdale to McDavid down the middle. Wrist shot, score! Connor McDavid, just like that. Smith, three clubbing right hands. Right hands have it. Big right-handed shot from Mike Smith. This is the battle of Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. All right, so the National Hockey League has announced that the NHL scouting combine is postponed. That was going to be June 1st to 6th in Buffalo. The NHL awards are postponed. Those were scheduled for June 18th in Vegas. And the NHL draft scheduled for Montreal June 26th and 27th all postponed as the NHL puts it in their news release due to the ongoing uncertainty resulting from the coronavirus and the location, timing, and format of the draft and draft lottery will be announced when details are finalized. A lot of speculation of uh, what they might do with the draft lottery as well, especially if the season does not get finished because the draft lottery determines where the teams who missed the playoffs pick in the first round and the results of the playoffs determine where the teams that made the playoffs pick so I wonder if they might wind up doing some sort of lottery for teams who are in playoff positions as well if we don't get a postseason for this year thanks a lot for tuning in tonight it is 607 inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos radio 630 Ched Harris will turn he'll give it to Kelvin McCarty Kelvin McCarty's got a pair what Kelvin McCarty's got a pair and the Eskimos have a two touchdown lead well, why not a little bit of Eskimos play-by-play for Morley Scott, who's going to join us later on on Inside Sports, but we're going to kick it off tonight with the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. Randy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. We're, we're plugging away and, uh, and taking it day-to-day, and thanks a lot for checking in, Randy, because I know in the world of sports, uh, a lot of things right now are, are day-to-day and uh, are unknown. In terms of maybe some things that usually happen around this time of year in the CFL, the global draft, the the CFL draft, what is the status of those right now? Well, you know, everything really is up in the air because, um, you know, with the with the situation, the health situation we're all facing, you know, we're just uh, trying to most importantly pay attention to what the medical experts are telling us and. You know, keep our um, keep our social distancing uh, protocol in place, and and really try to contribute to getting uh, you know getting the country back on its feet. So we're just trying to be nimble, and uh, and you know we're building contingency plans for all of the things that we need to do at, in advance of a season. But uh, as you appropriately said, uh, lots of things up in the air. Uh, so is there? 
because the CFL draft was coming up in a couple of weeks, was it not? Or next or next month? Is it still a go for um, the date that it would have been? Or what are you looking at for that? Well, you know, again, it's one of these things we want to do, but um, we, we're not going to have the scouting combine. And the combine itself is just such an important part of the, um, you know, of the process. Uh, but the advantage we have when it, when it comes to the, um, to the Canadian draft is that our scouts and, and uh, GMs have, have a much better line of sight to getting a chance to watch these young men, you know, perform. Uh, you know, in, in college uh, football. So, you know, it's a little less of a disadvantage uh, compared to the global athletes. And so I, I think for the most part, it looks like we're on track for the for the Canadian draft. Uh, but again, you know, we're trying to be respectful of the advice we're getting from the medical community. So while, you know, that looks to be, uh, you know, a, a, a plan to go ahead, uh, we're, we're taking things mostly day by day. And then that's April 30th, correct? Is that the do I have the right date that, for the 2020 draft? Yeah, that that's right. So we know we've got a we've got a good stretch of time here. Okay, Randy, I, I'm just curious how you're looking at the number of events that were supposed to happen in the spring that have been postponed or canceled. The Masters, the Kentucky Derby, the Memorial Cup, which is around the same time as as training camps were were supposed to open. You know, when you see those events being called off or moved, how does that make you feel about when training camps are scheduled to start, uh, which is May 17th? Well, you know, in, in some ways, Reed, those things are disconnected from, you know, from our training camp. But the reality is it's all part of one, you know, big global issue. And that is, you know, we we don't want to bring... Uh, our players together until it's safe. We don't want to get our fans together until it's safe. We don't want to get our coaches together until it's safe. So, you know, while we are a little removed from, from the Masters, uh, you still have to account for the fact that we're all, you know, we're all dealing with the same basic problem and we, we really can't get back to our sport until it's safe to do so. Well, and along those lines, I mean, I just kind of want to bring this up because a lot of people have said to me, well, if things go well in Canada, maybe we can at least have a CFL season. And I've said, you know, I I hope you're right, but you got to remember half the athletes are, uh, approximately half the athletes are American, so they'd have to travel back and maybe there's quarantine or, or, or those types of concerns. Yeah, you know, again, this is why, you know, I don't know that we are, I don't know that we can separate ourselves from what's going on, uh, you know, in the rest of the world. And, you know, I'm sure, Reed, you're doing the same thing that uh, that I'm doing and, and all of my colleagues are doing. You know, we're watching the news and and it's, uh, it's, it's spring. Obviously, we have not got, uh, we haven't tackled it uh, at this point. Uh, I guess, Reed, we don't want to think I want to say, and I, and I know you would support this, uh, just a giant uh, thank you to the doctors and nurses and the medical frontline people who are really are the heroes of the moment. They're, they're doing such great work to try to get this thing uh, on track. And, and for us, you know, while, you know, while um, you know, we may suffer a little inconvenience, the most important thing is that uh, Canadians and all of our friends around the world are safe. Well, I'm with you there for sure. Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. Randy, you know, whenever you're on, I usually ask you hypotheticals. They're usually not, I guess, uh, on quite serious topics. But 
you know, the Grey Cups all in always in November. There's uh, been an 18-game regular season for about 34, 34, 35 years now. Would you be comfortable playing fewer than 18 games and, you know, still having the Grey Cup in, in late November? Like, are, are you, you know, you're not an asterisk guy? Like, are you okay if it's got to be a 12-game season or, or, or whatever? Like, are, are there plans for that? Are you, everybody's ready yeah. for that if needed? Yeah, you know, Reed, it's a great question. And, you know, while, while we have not made any decisions, you know, we, we are talking about everything. You know, one of the really interesting questions is just kind of what, um, you know, how do you create a, a season that's credible? You know, so, you know, what, what, how many games would you have to play to have a season that's credible? And, and uh, lots of really good feedback. And, you know, we're talking to one another. Um, we're asking ourselves those important questions. Uh, and, and really, we're doing scenario planning on a whole range of, uh, of possibilities, all, you know, all those combinations and permutations, if you go back to your statistics days. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, we are, we've, we've got our date, uh, November 22nd in Regina. You know, in some ways, Reed, I can't think of a better place or, a, uh, you know, to gather Canadians as, as Grey Cup always has. And really, at that point, not just celebrate great football, but really celebrate uh, coming together after and and hopefully after we've got this uh crisis behind us so for the most part we you know we're thinking that date is 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 on the books and and uh, won't be moved um you know as for what it takes to get us to that game there's a lot more unanswered questions than there are answered questions yeah yeah i i I understand for sure but i i mean i'm hearing that I, I, it just sounds to me like you're open-minded to anything, and, you, and you're ready to roll with it if, if it comes to that. And I, I like how you put that. You want to create a season that that's that's credible, and I think that's encouraging to fans that you're not gonna. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're not gonna you're not gonna play games in an in an environment that isn't appropriate to play games. But you want to play as many games as possible to entertain people and to crown a legitimate champion. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, there's just so many interests. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, besides the, um, you know, the ultimate decision, which will have to get made at some point, and, and hopefully we end up with a, a full 18-game schedule and Canadians are safe and healthy and all of those other good things. But there's some fun conversations around, you know, what would a, what would a shortened season look like? And, and, you know, we've got really great people. Our team presidents, uh, including Chris Presson and... Um, and, uh, you know, the good folks in Edmonton, along with all of the other teams and the governors, we're all kind of engaging in this conversation together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lively debate. You know, there's, it's one of these things because we're not in a position where we even can make a decision today because we don't know. But it's, it's kind of, it's, it is entertaining to think about those various possibilities of what would, you know, what could make up shorter, a shorter season scenario. But, you know, for now, we're just going to keep planning and um, and looking at our options and, and stay nimble. Okay. Randy, I'll, I'll ask you one more here, and, th- and thanks for doing this. I know you've been uh, rattling off a few interviews today, so we appreciate it. The last time we spoke, we uh, discussed the possibility of a different playoff format, and, and I know there are other things to worry about, but the, it would be you'd keep the divisions. The two division winners would get buys to the league semifinals and the other teams would be ranked three, three through six. Where where are we with that? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's a great question. And the honest answer is that that question kind of got lost in this crisis and not that, um, you know, not that that won't get resurrected and not that there won't be a renewed 
discussion on it. But as you can imagine, you know, we um, we basically I rolled out of that roadshow where I had taken in a lot of tremendous feedback from our fans, including the great uh, the fans in the great city of Edmonton, and then um, and then we just kind of rolled into this crisis. So it hasn't really advanced very far, and. And having said that, the idea hasn't gone away for sure. And there was lots of positive support for it. But for the time being, um, you know, we're focusing on what we already have on our plate, which is, uh, you know, which is a season strategy and, um, and obviously hoping to get past this crisis. Okay. Well, Randy, thanks for coming on to talk to the fans uh, tonight. We know there's a lot to deal with and, and a lot of uncertainty, but uh, you know, I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate you filling everybody in. I hope next time we're talking, it's uh, under far more positive circumstances, and I hope you're doing well and uh, all your loved ones are safe, Randy. Yeah, Reed, and thank you. If I can just again offer to you and and all of your listeners, and uh, you know, just stay well. Practice great social distancing. It's uh, what the doctors are telling us is absolutely critical to to slowing this thing down. And and just look after yourselves. And I look forward to getting to Edmonton and and watching some football together at some time uh, in the not-too-distant future. Randy, take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Reed. Bye for now. Randy Ambrosi is the commissioner of uh, the Canadian Football League. So the the league facing a lot of uncertainty. Their draft is April 30th, and obviously with drafts, I mean, you can do those over the phone, teleconference, whatever you want to use with all the technology these days. I think it, I mean, we have to be realistic here. We we all want, you know, we all want sports back. You know, we all want to be watching games again and, and having that as a distraction. I think we have to understand the reality is that it it appears very unlikely, at least to me, that we're going to have CFL training camps. It's the rookie camps on the 13th of May, the, the training camps on the 17th. To me, that's a pretty difficult timeline. And, and again, even if things are great, even if things go really well in Canada, we're still going to be getting through this pandemic in, in about a month from now. And, and, and I don't think you can just already start throwing people back together and, you know, having 20,000, 30,000 people gather for a football game. That's my read on it. And, and again, you're going to have players from all over the United States coming to Canada, and they could all be in different regions that might be dealing with the crisis in, in a different way or be in a different stage of it. And to bring those people into Canada, you'd have to protect their teammates and the fans and everybody that they might interact with. I, I hope there's a CFL season. Kellen, just just my opinion in reading this, I really don't think it would be 18 games. I think that's that's pretty unlikely at this point. Short so, season? So here's the question. Randy Ambrosi said, and to me this was the, the, the key the key quote from the interview. And, and you know, there's a, there's a lot he can't answer right now, and there's a lot they just have to kind of be prepared for or try to prepare for the best they can. He said they want to create a season that's credible. The CFL has been playing 18 games. I've already, I've often said that's too long. I'd be fine with a 16-game season, but it's it's hard to shorten it permanently when when owners are used to having uh, nine home dates and a and a preseason game. What would be a season that you would be comfortable with in the Canadian Football League? And with everything that is going on in the world and all this, you know, illness that we have to deal with. I'd be fine with a 10-game season, quite frankly, and six teams in the playoffs. Keep the playoff format the same. I, I wouldn't even complain about the two divisions this year. I, I really wouldn't. I'd, I'd, I, you know, I'd, I'd put that off for another year. But if they could get in a 10-game CFL season on the playoffs, maybe you're starting around Labor Day, I would be thrilled. 
780-496-0063 is how you call or text. Kellen, remember, if Robert calls in tonight, we, we're, we'll make time for him because right. uh, we, we, yeah. he, he had a story he wanted to tell yesterday yep. and we couldn't fit him in at the end of the show. Curtis Lazar, former Edmonton Oil King, now with the Buffalo Sabres, he's going to be on between 6.30 and 7. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight, 25 after 6. Globalnews.ca, 630Ched.com for all your COVID-19 updates. In Alberta today, 61 new cases, 419. The total we are up to in Alberta, 20 people currently hospitalized, eight of them in uh, ICU. Of course, uh, Premier Jason Kenney and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Dina Hinshaw gave their update at 3.30 today. We always carry those for you live here on 6.30. Usually uh, usually at 3.30, sometimes they're 4 or 4.30, but we always uh, get them to you to let you know what is going on with the virus in our province. Uh, good to have Randy Ambrosi on the show. Uh, Vic uh, texting in. Uh, he says, uh, read any football this year. I will be thrilled. Dirk and Cochran writing in. He says, regarding the NHL playoffs and playing through the summer, I think this would work and not interfere with an October startup for next season. If the teams that don't make the playoffs start earlier than the teams in the playoffs, the teams who go to round three and four can start later with a compressed season, assuming schedules can be adjusted. Uh, they should be deeper teams and can use more players. Uh, Dirk, I don't think that would happen because they, they'd have the draft, the free agency and everything to worry about, so I don't think they'd want to have some teams playing regular season. I, I think that's what you mean, that some teams could start the regular season while the other teams were playing playoff games. I, I don't think they would overlap like that, and there's all the off-season business with contracts and the draft and coaching changes and everything like that that they have to get through as well. Interesting suggestion. Don't think that the, the NHL would do that, though. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. The NHL announcing the postponement of the scouting combine. That was June 1 to 6 in Buffalo. Postponing the award show June 18th in Vegas. Postponing the draft June 26th, 27th in Montreal. And they are uh, still working on uh, what's going to happen with the draft and also the draft lottery. Something else to remember. Hurricanes up at the puck in the corner. Back to the point. Blast to knock down and away to center ice. Here's a break for Buffalo. Going ready to go to Curtis Lazar. He comes in racing in our goal and scores for Buffalo. Well, there's a goal by November 14th by Buffalo Sabres forward Curtis Lazar against the Carolina Hurricanes, and we are pleased to catch up with Curtis now. Curtis, welcome back to Inside Sports. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? Doing good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. Where are you right now, buddy? You safe and sound? 
Yes, I'm all bunkered up in a beautiful corner of BC. So what was it like? There were games, well, it was two weeks ago today. We had the Oilers here playing the Jets. The NBA uh, had its news. It shut down. The NHL paused the next day uh, and then eventually told the, the players like you, okay, you know, go back to your, your off-season homes or wherever, wherever you want to hang out. What were those few days like for you and your teammates, Curtis? Um, you know, for us, I think it went back actually, probably about a week earlier. Uh, you know, our medical staff came in and kind of uh, you know went over a, a league-mandated meeting just about you know all the the hygiene and washing your hands. And then uh, you know Ralph Kruger, their head coach, he he kind of piped up too with uh, you know his family and you know him living in uh, Switzerland and uh, just them going through the you know the coronavirus a little bit earlier on and how it has affected everything over there. And he just kind of said, "You guys, it's it's coming. You know, it's." you know, not something to mess around with. And I think as us as a team, you know, we took it seriously, obviously, and uh, try to go about your business. And, yeah, we were in Montreal, uh, had a team meal uh, that evening, and, you know, we all got back to our rooms, and within minutes, we saw the NBA was cancelled. And uh, from there, you know, wake up the next morning, had a pretty good feeling that we wouldn't be playing, and sure enough, uh, you know, the, the games got suspended. And as, you know, everyone else, it was kind of a matter of, well, now what? And I think the NHL has done a great job of, uh, you know, taking things, you know, day by day throughout this process. As you know, it's it's about uh, world health right now. It's it's a big problem and issue. And uh, again, we're we're glad they're going to pump the brakes and uh, put everyone's health first. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what we're doing. And there's a whole bunch of uncertainty with with what's going to happen with the leagues. You you heard me read off the NHL postponements there before we brought you on. I had the commissioner of the Canadian Football League on in the first half hour and. I, you know, they they don't know. They're a couple months from training camp, but they don't know if they're going to be able to, to to start on time. How are you spending your days? Have you told yourself, okay, I have to act like now I'm doing off season training, or, or like how are you getting through this, Curtis? Well, that, that's the hard part, right? So uh, again, we we stayed uh, quarantined, I guess, in in our city. So I was in Buffalo for a little bit, and then we got the green light to go home. So nothing better to do so my my fiance and i we hopped in the car and we drove back we figured we might as well get you know kind of the scenic approach and stay away from airports and so we kept the interactions with other people to a minimum and spent uh, about four hours in the car together and uh that's uh it was a good way to just kind of decompress a little bit and we get back here but you know i wake up every morning knowing that i'm not really you know allowed to be leaving the house and it's like well, well what can i do and uh it's been hard i have limited gym equipment here I'm, I'm trying to get some stuff off amazon and stay in the best shape i can i mean i went for a run the other night and i'm still sore from that because you know my body it's it's not used to just kind of sitting or pressing that reset button so again as as many players i mean pretty much everyone we want to get back playing we're trying to stay as prepared as we can but obviously it's uh it is pretty hard to to be in tip-top game shape well yeah that that's a good way to put it right because you you know you can't go to a gym and and be around a lot a, a lot of people it sounds like you're almost doing the the broadcaster lifestyle <laughs> I guess so. I I'm honestly trying to find other ways to do it. It's uh, you know, I, I'm I hop in the backyard and rake in the grass, and I mean by the end there's all this dirt because I'm I'm trying to get my muscles activated, and uh, you know I'm, I'm really pushing down and using my strength, and you're you're chomping at the bit just to stay active because as a lot of us athletes are, I mean we don't know how to to stop you know we want to be doing something and doing it with a purpose so it's uh, it's been pretty hard just to kind of you know lounge around house but uh, obviously it's an important reason and uh, you have to you know obey the rules 
Curtis, in terms of uh, the Buffalo Sabres season, they, they started really well. I mean, actually, the Oilers and the Sabres were pretty similar through about 10, 12 games over the season. For the most part, the Oilers uh, have stayed in it. The the Sabres, uh, you know, obviously kind of dropped off as the season went on. I know you weren't with Buffalo the, uh, the entire way, but about 80% of the year. How would you sort of... Uh, sum up the Sabres season and maybe some of the challenges that you faced after that hot start? Yeah, uh, obviously for myself, uh, you know, my first season with the organization, and uh, I I think the guys that they brought in, we really wanted to try and, uh, you know, create a a culture and a change because, uh, you know, the Buffalo Sabres haven't been a playoff team in numerous years. And uh, so, Again, this year you know, we we're we're still on the outs and, and whatnot, but I still think it's a positive success and the the fact that you know we're we're learning, we're we're growing, and you know we're working towards something. And our entire coaching staff, and I mean, as you guys know, with having Ralph in, in Edmonton, is you know, he's such a good motivator and a you know a guy that can really keep everyone on the same page and and keep things small picture. That's the way that we've looked at it. And you know, down the stretch and whatnot, yeah, we we falling out of things but uh we're really learning and trying to grow and, and i think that's important for us and i i like the pieces that we have uh you know we, we've a very tight-knit team that's uh you know i enjoy being a part of so hopefully again we get back playing and just take that next step because every day we're trying to improve and get better and i really do think that great things are on the horizon for buffalo I wonder if you could expand on Ralph Kruger. And you're right, we did see him here in Edmonton. He only got to be the head coach for the, the, the lockout shortened season. Certainly an interesting man with uh, all the experience he's had and uh, being the president of a club in the English Premier League, which you know is an incredible opportunity that, that, that he had. Uh, you know, he's a very worldly and, uh, and, and intelligent gentleman, but what, what, what works for him? Um, you know, as a coach, why do you think he's able to connect with guys? Uh, I think it's just you know attention to detail. Uh, obviously, uh, like I said, is going through the summer last year. I, I had a lot of offers on the table, and one of the first phone calls that I got from you know the Sabers organization when I found out that interest was from uh, the Ralph himself, and uh, just very you know upfront person. And uh, you you understand that you know, he wants to get to know. Uh, you on a personal level and the fact that it, you know, we're not just athletes you know, we have families we all come from different places in the world we all have a story and uh him getting to know uh, each and every one of us you know that way and it's it's been awesome you can tell that he truly cares about us and uh you know he makes us a priority every single day and you know we have some games where we, we've been blown out but you know the next day at the rink he says i can come here and yell and scream but what's the point of that he goes we all feel the same way and you know he he's finds that way to you know keep everyone energized and i think that's very important for a team like us that you know we're trying to figure that out and he's a big part of uh you know steering that ship and uh, creating that you know winning culture and attitude and uh like i said as a talking to him last summer i mean right away i knew i wanted to go to buffalo with the he'd be great for myself personally and i want to be a part of things long term uh with him and the team and uh you know hopefully we're, we're trending that way Curtis Lazar joining us tonight on Inside Sports with the Buffalo Sabres and, uh, of course, a former member of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. And I want to go down that path with you as well, Curtis. Uh, can you believe it's been six years since you won the Memorial Cup? Uh, and uh, you scored one of, the, one of the biggest goals ever 
Well, yeah, I'm gonna, it's one of the biggest goals ever by, uh, I was going to say by the modern-day Oil Kings, but I think you can include the uh, the old-time Oil Kings as well. You got that triple overtime game winner, 242 into the third overtime in the semifinal game in London. It was on May 23rd, 2014. Uh, and then you guys went on to beat Guelph in the final. Uh, you know, a, a marathon game, you scored on a deflection. Let's let's start there. What do you what do you remember uh, about that goal? So I mean, it's it's not even that goal. Uh, I mean, just all the the events that led up to it that night, and the the fact that you know it, it was a marathon. And uh, I remember we had the one goal lead with about a minute left, and our face off was in the D zone, and uh, Valdor called a a timeout, and you know they did that. So the face off was on the left side, and me being a right handed shot, that was my weak side. So. You know, Coach Derek Laxall, which, I mean, it was fun to battle against him with the Stars this year, too. But uh, left side face-off with Riley Keyser out there, and I was lined up as a winger, and I went out to the point, and the D-man shot right by my shin pads. That was a perfect screen for good old Tristan Jari, and the puck ended up in our net. And it's like, well, here we go. And right away, I, you know, I could feel the the stare down from, you know, Coach Laxall, and I had a little bit of guilt, but I, I'm my mind i said well i may as well go get one back and it took a while i remember guys in the dressing room you know trying to get pizza in their body or anything i remember as you're cold uh, uh seizing up on the ice and hardly being able to make it back and it was a very emotional game and again so many things that you know went into it but i just kind of summed up our season is i don't think anyone really pegged us to go as far as we did but we always found a way and i was just lucky enough to be johnny on the spot in that given moment but uh, for things to come full circle and to win that next night or a couple days later against guelph it's uh again is a moment i'll never forget yeah, I remember that game against Guelph, and uh, and you guys were able to put it away uh, late. You, you know, you, you guys you guys played a great game. But what do you, what do you remember? I, I don't ask about the final game, but uh, I mean, certainly there's celebrations after, and, and you want to be with your teammates. But there's a weird finality to winning a championship, right? Because some players say, and when they look back on things. And you're still in the middle of your career, but we can talk about your junior career looking back on it. Some players have told me that they hated losing more than they enjoyed winning. And and you also lost some big games and big series as an Oil King as well. Does that does that make sense? Like, how do you contrast the, the joy of the Memorial Cup with, uh, you know, being knocked out of it a couple of years earlier when you, or when you didn't get it done in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that, that first year, again, I was, you know, 16, right? And, and we made it there. And I remember that I still as a team, we were so in shock that, you know, we, we won the league and we're like, well, we're here in the Memorial Cup. And I, I think everyone can agree that that team, that we first time we went to Memorial Cup, we had a lot more skill. We are probably, you know, a way better team, you know, skill-wise. But, again, it, it doesn't come down to the team that has the most skill. It's, you know, that heart, that character, and guys that can find a way. And so when we got there, it was – an eye-opener for us returning guys, you know, down the road. And then again, the next year losing to, to Portland and I guess game six, I think it was. And that all these things just kind of, you know, feel the the moment. And when you get it, you know, you don't want to disappoint it. I remember us returning guys in London, just kind of piping up before the tournament, going through our experiences and letting the new guys know that this is something very special and uh, it's exciting, and we should be proud of ourselves for being there, but let's not waste it. And everyone bought in as we did all season long. It was a great group of guys. I know we still keep in touch with uh, many guys as much as we can. And, uh, again, those are those are moments that, you know, they define a season, but they also help you grow as a person in life. And, you know, those are the life lessons that you carry with you. Who, if anybody, are you still in touch with from uh, from your Oil Kings days, like teammate-wise? 
Well, the big one is, uh, you know, Tristan Jari with him playing uh, down the road in Pittsburgh. And I was a little disappointed when we went to Pittsburgh this year. Uh, didn't even get a text for anything from the guy. <laughs> I bugged him at warm up the next night. He says, well, that's all you need, eh? You make the all-star game and you don't hear from you. So it's, uh, <laughs> we had a good joke about it. And, I mean, we're always going to go back and forth. But, uh, you know, he's seeing his success has been awesome. And, you know, he's a, truly is a great friend. I mean, you think about Blake Orban, Mitch Mraz, uh guys like that i mean everyone sounds up brett pollock uh again i lived with him in edmonton i uh, played with him last year in stockton another guy that's you know we have a great bond and a friendship so i mean the list goes on and on but we I mean, we're forever going to be connected by that uh that season and winning it all in uh, london when you've come back to edmonton since you've been in the nhl have you been able to see the oil king's new dressing room in rogers place it's quite an upgrade my friend <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I uh, I did actually, uh, you know, Rogues and Cheese had me down there. I, I think this, uh, maybe this first year, second year, so I was with the Calgary at the time, so just down the road. But, yeah, I came in there and got the, the full tour, and, and, like, holy cow, I mean, Taco being spoiled. And, but that's, I mean, just how the O Kings do it, right? They're uh, a top-the-line organization, and you look at the success that they were having this year, too. I mean, it's a shame that everything got, you know, canceled because I was looking forward to watching them in the Memorial Cup this year out in Kelowna. But, uh Oh, no, I mean, I enjoyed my time. I mean, the facilities are great, and I am maybe a little jealous that I didn't get to be a part of it, but especially seeing, uh, you know, Rose Cheese Planet and all the blueprints for that facility while, uh, you know, we were still over at Rexall. How, you, you know, as, as a guy who uh, enjoyed his, his junior hockey career as much as you did and was so successful, it, it's you, you got to feel the sting for the for the graduating players who played their final game without knowing it was going to be their final game and had to kind of find out in a couple of press releases that the seasons were called off. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the big part. Uh, I mean, not even just in a, you know, hockey and junior, but uh, in sports worldwide, I mean, it's just everything all of a sudden, it just goes to a halt. And I mean, you think about the, the Olympic athletes, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with that and, and everything. And it's a hard way to go, but uh, you know, referring to junior hockey, it's, I remember, uh, you know, guys that piping up the first year when I was a little 15 even, and as a call-up, and they're saying, you know, enjoy these years while you can because they go by fast. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. You got three, four years here. Well, it it flies by. And looking back, it's it's pretty cool. Or cool. That's uh, you know, the experience, and especially with you know the years I had in Edmonton. You know, three 50-win seasons, two Memorial Cup appearances couple WHL championships. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, you know, create friendships and memories. But uh, just like that, it can be over. So for these guys, I mean, I, I feel their pain. It's uh, definitely hard, and especially for the teams that, you know, had the good things going and looking to compete deep in the playoffs because that's, that's what you work all year for is that time of year. And unfortunately, it, it just didn't happen for them. But, uh, again, you just got to prepare for the next opportunity. Yeah. Well, Curtis, I, I appreciate that uh, that you and I have been able to, to stay in touch uh, over the years. Uh, you've answered uh, you've answered all my good questions and all my bad ones with equal enthusiasm and honesty <laughs> over the years, and I hope that's going to continue. You know, hang in there through this. Uh, I, I, I hope you find uh, a good way to stay in shape beyond raking leaves and raking grass. And uh, let's talk. Uh, let's keep in touch. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Reed. That is Curtis Lazar, uh, Curtis Lazar checking in tonight from the uh, Buffalo Sabres, former Edmonton Oil King, and he was uh, telling you a little bit about the Sabres' journey this season, his journey, and some really cool memories of his time playing for the Oil Kings and that Memorial Cup title back in 2014. It is 10 minutes to 7. 
780-496-0063, the number to call or text. Got a very interesting text that we'll get to when we get back. Kellen, you may want to open up the text yourself. We do have a musical request as well. Okay. You've seen that already. Check that out. That's come next, Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Oh, what do we have here, Kellen? This is for Brent. I don't know, from Blizzard of Oz and Ozzy. Oh, there we go. 780-496-0063 is how you can text us. It's how you can call us. And uh, from time to time, if you want to suggest a song, Coming back from uh, commercial, we'll play it coming back from commercial. Again, the rules are we prefer the electric guitar. And don't try to, like, well, Kellen will always check it. But, you know, we don't want any naughty lyrics in the first 30 or 40 seconds. We can't, we can't do that. And 1980s hair metal will always get pushed to the front of the list. It, it will have a bit of a priority. Absolutely. Yes. couple of text messages here. Uh, Luke says, how many NHL players... Uh, have coronavirus. Uh, I think we're still at the two Ottawa Senators players that tested positive. And uh, we also got a really interesting text here, Kellen. I'm going to read this one word for word. Go for it. From an unnamed texter who says, Unbelievable. There is no sports, but somehow you can still devote four hours of airtime to inane discussion of pure garbage. Stupid. And stupid had three exclamation marks. That's why I said it like that. Look, I'm just I want to respond to that, and I really take exception to that text message. Because personally, I think even when we have sports, inside sports is full of inane garbage. So to somehow separate it when there's no sports, I don't think is fair. Just saying, Kellen. You said it all. <laughs> I am with you hundred <laughs> percent. That's right. What 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 more can uh, what more can we add? Okay. We got the news coming up. We'll have the update on uh, everything going on with the coronavirus. Of course, the Alberta numbers did indeed climb again today. In the next hour of the show, we'll see what Morley Scott is up. It's late for Morley Scott. It's almost bedtime. And we're going to catch up with Ailsa McDonald, who is uh, an athlete that I really admire from a group of athletes I really admire. She does ultra running. So she does these 100-kilometer, 100-mile races that take several hours to complete. And uh, she's from Alberta, and she does incredible. She won a big one in New Zealand a few weeks ago. So we'll get that story as well. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.